you have your Bibles this morning, let's start in Jeremiah chapter 5, which has been our base text, but then we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So start in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 29, then we'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one verse there, verse 10. We're going to end our series that we have been on for four weeks. This will make the fifth week that we've entitled, In the End, What Then? In the End, What Then? Now here in Jeremiah chapter 5, beginning with verse 29, is where we got the, the, uh, the idea or the thought or the verse that we've used to do this series as God was speaking to Jeremiah because of the sins of his people, of God's people. Again, this is not the heathen that God was talking about. These, this is God's people that Jeremiah was writing to because God's people had gotten to where God's people have gotten today and we've drifted away from God. We no longer serve our one true God. So many people who identify themselves as Christians are serving other gods rather than God Jehovah and God forbid because this is what God had to say to Jeremiah concerning his people Israel. Jeremiah chapter 5 beginning with verse 29, shall I not visit for these things? In other words, you are sinning, you have gone to other gods, do you think I'm just going to ignore it? United States of America, we are no longer serving the living God. Do you think God is going to just ignore it? He says, shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? And God goes on and says in verse 30, a wonderful and horrible thing is committed in this land. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule by their means. And my people, here's the saddest part of it, my people love to have it so. In other words, the people love it that the message of God is not being proclaimed behind the pulpit the way God intends for it to do. And his people love it that way. But then he asked this question. You love not hearing the true word of God. You prophets, you love not having to preach the true word of God. He says this, then what are you going to do in the end thereof? In other words, there is coming a time we're going to have to answer to God what will you do then? Now we're looking at this question, what will you do in the end? I believe this is a question that each and every person, we must ask ourselves, you know, and be honest in answering, am I living my life in a way that I am ready for Jesus Christ to come back? I am ready to stand before him. Are we living our life in such a way? Or are we living our life in such a way that we say, I hope he puts it off just a little bit longer. I hope he doesn't come right now. For many, they think that, uh, you know, when they think about eternity and, or they never think about eternity and what waits for them when they close their eyes in death and draw that final breath, to some, what happens when you die is no more important than what happens to a tree or a plant when it dies. In other words, some people think that when I close my eyes in death, when I draw that final breath, it's just over. I no longer exist. I no longer will feel anything. I no longer will know anything. And I no longer have any type of consciousness whatsoever. But listen, for those of us who know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we understand there is an afterlife. 
Some people don't understand that. But listen to me. Lost or saved, there is an afterlife. Lost or saved, we're going to stand before Jesus Christ one day to give an account. There is an afterlife and we must understand that. We must understand the truth of Ecclesiastes 3.11 where it's clear that God has put eternity in every man's heart. Now, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've trusted Him with your eternity, then you, can, uh, you do not have to be unassured of what coming, comes when you die. In other words, you can have assurance of what is coming when you close your eyes in death. Now, last week, we looked at what was going to happen to those who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal end, uh, Savior when the end comes. The answer was simple. Eternity in a devil's hell. Now today we're going to look at what happens to the saved. Those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. You know, and we're not going to talk this morning about the ultimate end. And what I mean about the ultimate end, we're not going to talk about the new heaven, the new earth, you know, the new city Jerusalem. We're going to talk about what happens when we close our eyes in death. What happens right after the rapture of the church when we all, as God's people, stand before for that bema seat judgment of Christ. Listen to me. If you know Christ is your personal Savior, immediately following the rapture, we're going to see this morning, each and every one of us is going to stand before Jesus Christ, Christ at that bema seat judgment to give an account of how we've lived our life since the day we invited Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. Now flip over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 because Paul talks about this event. Paul talks about this day that every child of God is going to have to uh, face. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. Now, Paul says this, for we, now before we go any further, we, who is we that he's talking about? Okay, for we must all, what's all mean? Everyone. Everyone who knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that, look at this, each one, every individual who knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is going to stand before that bema seat of which Jesus is sitting. Everyone may be recompensed for his deeds in this body. In other words, we're going to have to answer for the time that we was on this earth, from the time we have accepted Christ as our personal Savior, not before that, all those sins have been forgiven. But from the day we said, Lord Jesus, forgive me a sinner, come into my heart and save my soul, boom, if you want to look at it this way, Jesus started his VCR on your life. He started recording every deed, everything that you will do from that day forward and here as we stand before this judgment seat we're going to be recompensed for the deeds that we've done in this body according to what he has done rather it be good or rather it be bad let's dig into what paul had to say here let's take a look at this event that's going to take place again just immediately following the rapture of the church of which understand this only the redeemed only those who are saved, only those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they will be the only ones at this Bema Seat judgment. 
Those who are lost, those who have never accepted Christ, they got a judgment coming later on after the tribulation period at the great white throne judgment. We're not going to face that. We talked about that last week. Today I want to talk about what's going to happen to you and me who know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior immediately following the rapture. So let's start by taking a look here at the participants of this judgment. Who are those that will participate in this judgment? Who are those that are going to stand there before Jesus Christ? Notice of whom Paul is placing at this judgment. It's not the lost of the world. Rather, he begins by saying, we, doesn't he? We must all appear. Who is Paul talking to? He's talking to the church at Corinth. He's talking to believers. He's addressing those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It, it is not the lost of the world, rather we. So do not miss Paul's audience. He's talking to Christians. So this message here this morning is for those of us who know Christ as our personal Savior. We are part of the we, okay? We. He is not holding an evangelistic campaign before thousands of lost people. He's talking to the church. Those who have already made that profession of Christ, we, the church, we, the body of Christ, we who are followers of the one who, who, we, who, who called us by faith. So this message, understand, is for the redeemed. If you're here this morning, you're saved, this message is for you, okay? All Christians will stand before Christ to be judged. What's he say in verse 10b? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not a one is going to miss this judgment. Not a one who has been saved while here on this earth is going to be able to bypass, if you please, this bema seat judgment of Christ. Not a one of us, you know, not, not just some of us, but all of us is going to give an account of how we've lived our life, how faithful we've been since accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Listen, you might be saved and you're not doing a thing in the world for God today. You know what? You're going to answer for that. You may be saved, but you're not tithing the way you should. You know what? You're going to answer for that. You may be saved, but you're not serving others. You're, you're going to answer for that. You may be saved and you're not involved in ministry. You're going to answer for that. We must all, Christians, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account. If you was to stand there today, how would that judgment go for you? How would that judgment go for you? We will give an account of how we used our spiritual gift in serving others. We will give an account of how faithful we were in following Christ and how faithful we were in obeying him. You see, when we stand before Christ, we'll be judged according to our deeds or our works in this life. And again, it's not pre-salvation, it's post-salvation. Since you have been saved, what have you done for the Lord since you've been saved? Answer that question to yourself. What are you doing for Christ now that you are saved? Answer that question to yourself. If you're not happy with it, if you're not happy with your answer, do something about it. Do something about it. Look what he says in 10b. So that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in this body. We must understand that time and time again, we're told in Scripture that we, who are we? Talk to me. Christians. 
We are told time and time again that we as children of God are going to give an account one day for our actions, for our faithfulness, for our obedience, for our willingness to be faithful, a faithful servant to Christ. And this is the day that not only Paul, but even Jesus Christ talked about. In fact, Paul, or Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 16 when he says, The Son of Man is going to come in the glory. He's coming in the glory. He's coming back to take his church out of this world. Uh, 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 he's coming back in the glory of his Father with his angels, okay? And will then recompense every person according to his deeds. Not what your mama did, not what your daddy did, not what your grandfather did, not what your uncle did, not what your aunt did, not what your children are doing. What are you doing? That is what he's going to look at. Every man according to his deeds. His deeds. Then again, in the revelation, Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. For what purpose? To render every person according to what he has done. Can you get any more clear than that? Folks, there's coming a day that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Two judgments, one for the saved right after the rapture of the church, the other the great white throne judgment at the end of time for the lost. Each one of those judgments, people are going to have to give an account. But again, we're focusing this morning on the first judgment, the great white throne, I mean the uh, Bema seat judgment, that you who claim to be Christians are going to stand before. How will that judgment, if that judgment happens tomorrow, how would you fare? How would you fare? You see, not only Paul, but even our Lord wanted us to understand that the way we live our lives as followers of Christ is very important, and we must never develop the attitude saved, sealed, and satisfied. And I know some people who claim to be Christians, and that is the way they look at life. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm sealed. I can't lose it. So I'm satisfied. Can I tell you something? The day you get satisfied in your walk with the Lord is the day you're no, of no longer value to the kingdom of God. Because once you get satisfied in your walk to the Lord, you're plateaued. And you can never do anything else for the Lord. Never be satisfied where you are in your ministry. Never be satisfied where you are serving others. Never be satisfied with your walk with the Lord. Always aim higher. Always aim higher. What will you do when the end comes and you stand before the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ? What then? What then? Now, what is the purpose of this judgment? I mean, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, so why do I have to go through this judgment? What is the purpose? You see, now that we understand only born-again believers are going to be participating in this judgment, what's the purpose of it? Okay? Why, why even have it if we already know we're going to heaven? In fact, it's going to take place in heaven, so why even have it? Because I'm in heaven. Just show me my mansion. Just show me my mansion. And, and, and Lord, show me my hammock that I'll be laying in while Debbie's feeding me grapes for eternity. 
You wouldn't do that, Mama? Oh, you would? I know you would. I mean, show me that great banquet that you talk about with, with a table full of fried chicken. I mean, let's get on with this, Lord. Why do we have to go through this judgment? Why can't I just eat and enjoy my time in eternity? Well, there will be a little more to it, okay? Even though you have made it to heaven, there's some things that, we, that first must be addressed. Namely, how and what you did. Again, from the time you were saved until the day you closed your eyes in death. There's some things that got to be determined here. You see, the purpose of this judgment is to declare the measure of your rewards. Okay? This is not... So the purpose of this judgment is to declare the measure of your rewards in the age to come according to the works that you did while you was here on the earth. That's the purpose of this judgment of rewards, to determine what you're going to receive from Jesus Christ for what you have done here on this earth. Look at verse 10c. According to what he has done, rather it be good or rather it be bad. Now, this may sound like some contradiction of salvation by grace through faith. After all, didn't Paul tell the church at Ephesus, Pastor Paul said, for by grace are you saved through faith. You know, it's the gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. So why should I have to work? Listen, wasn't Paul saying works do not earn salvation? Yes, he was. You know, wasn't he saying grace uh, gives salvation as a free gift that I receive by faith? That I don't have to earn my work, uh, earn my salvation by works? Yes, that's what Paul was saying then why are you talking about works? Why are you talking about the importance of works? You see, if that's the case, you know, why then are the deeds done in this body going to be judged on uh, this most important day for believers? I believe for two reasons. First of all, our deeds will be public evidence to demonstrate that our faith was real. If you're, listen to me, listen to me. If your faith is real, you're going to want to work for Christ. If your faith is real, you're going to want to serve Christ by serving others. And the second thing is our deeds will be public evidence. Now, I put that in there twice, public evidence. And the reason that I put that in there, public evidence, I started not to put it and I said, no, everyone needs to know. That every Christian who is at this Bema Seat judgment, I mean, if you want to get a mental picture of this, if Christ is sitting here upon his judgment seat, then all out there are, is every believer waiting on their turn to come to that Bema Seat. That's a public event. Everyone will hear the works you did or that you didn't do. Everyone who is there at that Bema Seat judgment is going to know the good things you did and the bad things you did that you thought was in secret. That's why I put a public evidence brought forth to demonstrate the varying measures of obedience to Christ. Listen, it's not going to be, you, you ain't hiding it then. You know what? You may hide it from others today. You may make others think that you're a whole lot better christian than what you really are and others may think that of you but you know what this is going to be a public event 
where every Christian is going to see the true you, the true you, who you really are. Wow. The thing is, our deeds, look at this, here's the important thing to answer the question I asked a while ago about being saved by grace through faith. Our deeds are not the basis of our salvation. Stick with me here. Rather, they are the evidence of our salvation. Don't miss this. Our deeds, our works, they're not the basis of our salvation. That's not what we base salvation on. Our deeds, our work, are evidence that I am saved. Okay? They are not the foundation of my salvation. They are the demonstration of my salvation. Boy, that, that's one of those things you need to hang on your refrigerator. They are the demonstration. The works I do is demonstrating to others that I truly know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Will work save us? No. You know, will one who is uh, saved work? Yes. You see, works will always, works will always, I'll say it one more time, works will always be a byproduct of a true conversion experience. I'm going to say it one more time. Works will always be a byproduct of a true conversion experience. If there are no works, there's probably no salvation. Just a thought. The next thing here is rewards will be based upon these deeds that we do, these works that we do. Paul, in many of his writings, was clear that believers are going to receive different rewards and according to the degree that their faith expressed while they was here on this earth by way of, uh, of acts of service, by way of acts of love, by way of acts of righteousness toward Christ and to others. For example, Paul had this to say in 1 Corinthians 3, 8. He who plants, okay, and he who waters are one. They're working together. Some plant the seeds, some come back and water the seeds. But each will receive his own reward. What does that mean? Again, an individual thing. Each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Folks, it's a public thing. It's a personal thing that we're going to be judged on. Okay? Whatever good thing is done, Paul said, whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord. This he will receive back from the Lord. So, though we're saved by grace through faith, don't miss this, we're only saved by grace through faith. I, I don't believe in works that saves us, okay? But though we're saved by a grace through faith, our rewards will be determined by our works and our deeds. So as I hope everybody's clear about that. Our rewards are going to be based upon our works and our deeds. So what will you do when the end comes and you stand before the Bema Seat judgment of Christ? What then? What then? Now here's the process of the judgment because some don't understand the process. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. Turn there if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. It gives us the process of this. Now, the rapture of the church, all Christians are taken to heaven. 
Everything's going to be set up in the courtroom. It'll all be set, ready to go. Soon as the rapture, we appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, here is the process of this judgment. Here is how it's going to go down, if you please. 1 Corinthians 3.11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. Now, he's listing six foundations there. Okay, there's a foundation you can lay on gold, silver, and precious stone, or you can choose to use the foundation of wood, hay, and stubble. Now, let's read on. Every man's, what's that next word? Say it loud. You can talk to me. Every man's works. Okay? What is it? Every man's what? Works. Every man's work shall be made manifest. That means make known. Make known. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. Now, anytime you see fire, it's, it's making reference to judgment. Fire is always making reference to judgment. So it's going to be revealed by a judgment here. And the fire, this judgment, shall try every man's work what sort it is. Now, verse 14, if any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, any man's what? Works? Works, not salvation. Any man's work which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved so as by fire. What's he mean? You may not get too many rewards because you didn't work for me after you were saved. But you did, by grace, through faith, accept my salvation. So you're here. But there's not going to be no rewards. Or there'll be very few. So let's dig into this. So how will this judgment work? How will our rewards be uh, determined? When will I know if I passed or failed the test? As always, Paul leaves no doubt to this process that will determine not our salvation, okay? Rather, the rewards we're going to receive for our faithfulness or lack thereof to our master. So, one will only be at this judgment because the foundation of their salvation, okay, was that of Jesus Christ. So the foundation is gold, silver, and precious stone. The foundation of our salvation is Jesus Christ. That will stand. Now, Again, look at verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay which that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Okay? Now, if you find yourself at this judgment, it's only because you based your salvation on the grace of God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, and the death that He paid for our sins. This foundation is the only foundation, folks, that's going to stand the test of time. It's the only foundation that one can build a new life in Christ upon. Now, the next thing we see here is, though true salvation can only have one foundation, there's only one foundation for true salvation, and that is the person of who? I'm going to make y'all talk this morning. Jesus Christ. Okay? Our works can have multiple foundations let's say that again though true salvation can only have one foundation and that one foundation is jesus christ our works can have multiple 
multiple foundations. Let's dig into that for just a moment. Look at verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. He's listing the six things we can build our works upon. Paul is clear here in this verse that as Christians, while living on this earth, our works, our deeds, our active service are being carried out either on a foundation of gold, silver, and precious stone, or our works are being built upon a foundation of wood, hay, and stubble. Now, what in the world does he mean by this? The thing is, it's our choice as to which foundation we're going to build our works upon. Gold, silver, and precious stone, they're a solid foundation. They will survive the test of time. Wood, hay, and stubble are foundations that's going to give way at this judgment, and they'll be burned up. Look, the foundation of all works are going to be tested upon this day. Look at verse 13. And every man's work shall be made known or manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work what sort it is. So let, let, me, let me lay this out for you. Paul is saying here that when the end comes, and I'm having to give an account for all the works that I have done since I've been saved, all the deeds that I have done since I became a child of God, and every one of them from the moment that I gave my life to Christ until the day I drew my final breath is going to be tested. They're going to be tried to see if I built those things on this firm foundation of gold, uh, silver, and precious stone, or if the deeds that I did, the works that I did, I, you know, was built on wood, hay, and stubble. In other words, for those that pass through the fire, we're going to receive a, a, a crowns uh, and rewards to lay at the feet of our Jesus. But for works that are burned up, we're going to suffer loss. For works that are burned up, we're going to suffer loss. Look at verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. So, as by fire. Now, where works that will pass through judgment ha that have a strong foundation, works that are done, what is, what is the weak foundation? What is the wood, hay, and stubble? What foundation is that that I can do my works on? Those works of wood, hay, and stubble is when I do things for selfish reasons, when I do things for vain glory. In other words, so that people will look at me and say, boy, don't, aren't they a worker for Christ? But the reason I'm doing it is for that vain glory. I'm not building on wood, um, I mean, on gold, silver, and precious stone. I'm not doing it out of a love for Christ. I'm doing it so people will look at me and say, wow, good Christian. Good Christian. That's wood, hay, and stubble. Okay? Uh, you want people to feel high, you know, think highly of you. You know, those who doing works for that have a weak foundation. And let me tell you, it's not going to pass through that fire of judgment. It's going to be burned up when it's laid before Jesus Christ. Just as wood, hay, and stubble burn quickly and easily, so will every work that you have ever done for selfish reasons, for vainglory, so that people will look at you and think more highly of you than what you really are. They're going to be burned up. You're going to get there thinking, well, I worked hard for Christ. And then when all those things start passing through the fire and they're burned up, you're not going to have nothing other than your salvation, other than your salvation. The loss suffered is going to be no crowns to lay at the feet of our Jesus during that millennial reign. What will you do 
when the end comes and you stand before the beam of seat judgment of Christ, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, as a child of God, what will you do when the end comes? When you stand before Jesus and all your deeds are placed on that judgment fire, how many of the deeds, how much of the work that you have done for Christ since you've been saved is actually going to pass through there because you've done those works on gold, silver, and precious stone? In other words, you've done them only for a love of Christ. And how many are going to be burned up because you built those works the foundation of those works, the purpose of you doing those works was wood, hay, and stubble, just so people would look at you and think that you're something that you're not. God help us. God help us. And how many will be burned up because their foundation was weak? What will you do when the end comes? What then? What then when you stand before that beam of seat judgment? What if Jesus was to come today? Think about that. Because again, if he comes to rapture his church today, in just a few minutes, we're going to be standing before him. What then? Where would you be if Christ was to come today? If Jesus comes tomorrow To spend some time with you Would you answer all his questions Or lie to hide the truth Would you welcome Would you welcome him With open arms or even let him in If Jesus comes tomorrow What then? If Jesus calls your number Could you leave with him today? Are you ready to lay down your worldly goods and walk away would it take a month a Sunday to tell him all your sin if Jesus comes tomorrow what then If the sky turns black as midnight In the middle of the day And somehow you knew that Jesus Would soon be on his way Would you have to beg forgiveness or could you reach out and take his hand? If Jesus comes tomorrow, what then?
Jesus comes tomorrow, what then? Question we need to all ask ourselves. Let's pray.